Welcome to the Film Gods podcast, everyone. This episode, I want to let you know about a great man who is feeding our doctors and nurses. Philip Juma, head chef and founder of Juma Kitchen, didn't want to put his incredible skills of making delicious food, and I've tasted it, it's amazing, to waste during lockdown. So when Borough Market closed its doors, he took it upon himself to feed our NHS staff. He's single-handedly making hundreds of meals for them every week. And if you want to help feed our heroes, go to Juma kitchen.com yep i'm saying it again that's jumakitchen.com and donate let's clap them on the thursday and feed them on a friday massive love and respect going out for juma kitchen let's get started so hello from family um got a wonderful man here who is going to give us a quick chat about what's going on in the industry from um the perspective of the, of the company that, that he's working for the organization that he's working for who for me as a second AD in commercials is an organization that I feel like I've been engaging more recently since this all happened. Um, and thought it'd be good to kind of get him on, have a chat and, um, and see what happens. So hello, sir. What is your name and, um, where do you work? So Steve Davis and I run the advertising producers association, the trade body for commercials, production, editing, post sound design and music companies and commercials. Amazing. Um, so what's what's happening? What what's what is the APA? What is it and what is it what is it doing? Well, so the APA is there to look after the interests of all those company members, to further their interests, to help promote them, provide them advice, uh, anything that helps their business. And it's always been a great community because those companies are all brilliant at what they do, but they're small companies, they don't have vast business legal affairs and mm. uh, business affairs backup. So they rely on us for that. Um, because of the geography of the community as well, with them all being relatively together in London, they all know each other. So that community is there naturally. And we also enhance that, I hope. Um, and of course, what the, the key issue for the last seven weeks has been uh, fairly obvious. It's an un unprecedented challenge to all businesses, uh, including those uh, that, that are in the APA. Uh, we've had ups and downs before, of course. We've had the recession in 2008, but absolutely nothing like this in an ordinary recession. You have less work mm. in this. Most companies have no work whatsoever. So yeah. it's a, it's a really difficult and unknown situation with more to deal with. How do we, like, as it is such an unknown, it just feels like every day we're just figuring out a little bit more, trying to get a little bit closer to what normal is. But I don't even know. Like, so I, I kind of mentioned in the intro that there's been the Zoom chats. Now, the last one, it took me a little while to get on because it was like 500 and not a lot of people, you know, it was like I had to wait for someone to drop out. Um, and those, how many of those chats? I, I think I've seen two, but have I missed one? And what are those chats looking to do and what have we got from them? Well, we've had different Zoom chats. The two that you've been on are the two we've done for freelancers. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had lots with, with company owners, with APMs generally. Uh, and they've actually proved a fantastic way for us to disseminate information, but also for people to learn from each other. Mm. Uh, so if you take, for example, a company owner's one about how are people dealing with their landlords? Are they getting rent reductions? Are they getting rate reductions? Those calls are brilliant because I can explain to them what the law is, how it works, what the government said, but they can all learn from each other because they can hear from each other about how they, their negotiations are going. Mm. So um, it's, a, it's really a group learning exercise. And of course, that also reinforces the community uh, and at the sorry go on now i'm just going to say is your background advertising or have you come in from a different route then it, it sounds like having that knowledge you've, you've probably had to do a little bit more studying than than i had to do to be a film crew member what was your background sir 
you know, studying is not a big thing in this business. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I, work, I was a partner in a commercial law firm. Then I worked okay. with on TV. I worked with Sky for a long time doing boxing and rugby. Nice. So when I, when I came for an interview for the APA job, which is a very long time ago now, yeah. they asked me, do you know anything about advertising? So I said, well, only in the sense that everyone thinks they know about advertising from watching it on TV. Really, I, I knew nothing at all about it. But um, it's a brilliant business, as you know. It's full of, why is it brilliant? I think it's brilliant because it's full of such fantastic, positive people. Yeah. And I always tell people I feel lucky to have stumbled upon it. And uh, I still feel like, you know, every day is interesting. We help people with difficult situations normally. They might be on a shoot in Argentina, the camera's mm. broken, uh, the DOP's sick, and all these things are happening. And we try and help them through those situations. And um, it's always a pleasure to do that because they're so um, solution-focused that mm. whatever we're doing is working towards that. They don't want to know a thousand different scenarios. They don't want to know what they might be able to do. They just want to know what, what we think about the best course forward is. And then they go off and make that work. Nice. And um, where are we? So in the scope of where the industry's at, how have you seen the change over the last seven weeks? Where, where did we start and where do you feel like we are? Well, it's been uh, three distinct areas for us, really. The first couple of weeks were helping people deal with their cancellations and postponements because yep. they had contracts with agencies. Productions were cancelled shortly beforehand. So their imperative at that point was to make sure they agreed the amount of cancellation and postponement costs and got those in mm. at a time when they were facing no income for the foreseeable future. Once we got through that, the next two or three weeks were helping people with their cost reduction schemes. It was understanding the furlough scheme as the government announced it. It was looking at the uh, loans. It was looking at uh, rent and rate reductions. We then got to the point after about three or four weeks of that where everyone really broadly got their business to a manageable state. They were anxious, but they could see that their cost reductions were such that if we came back in June or something, I genuinely believe most people saw, you know, saw a path to that in mm. their in their productions and now we've moved on to well how and when can you shoot because uh, really the government never said don't work uh, people could not stop working largely because they're anxious which is fine yeah. and understandable but the government only said work home if you can so we have put out the government's information about that and we're putting together guidelines mm. because of course it's critical that if we are going to shoot everybody on the shoot crew production um, agency and client feel comfortable that they can do so, do so safely and you know clearly there's there's quite some distance to do to go to do that yeah I think you I'm sure you heard on that freelance call I think probably the majority of people were kind of uh, in line with what we thought which is to say let's go back to work provided we can do so safely we have clear guidelines we have PPE we have all of that but there was still quite a big group of people who felt that it was wrong to shoot now and wrong to work now at all and um, yeah. might continue to do so while while coronavirus is around, which will be for a long time. But I think the reality for most of us, including the government, is is a balance between health issues and commercial issues because uh, both are important, not for big business or for anything else, but because you know everyone needs to earn a living. So you know, and those are very hard decisions to make. They're hard decisions to make for the government. What is the right balance? And they're hard decisions to make for an individual. And of course, mm. you have some people who have extra difficult decisions because they'll have an underlying health condition or they'll live with somebody who has and so yeah. those problems can be even harder yeah and i guess the 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 kind of the conundrum of one needing to go back to work two knowing that if you do go back to life, i've got little baby and all the rest of it yeah. i'm like if i go back to work what am i going to get and if i bring it back so i think there's a very fine balance between needing to and 
you know the realities of what that could bleed. Now, the the document that I did see that been circulating about how we can go back to work, it's a great starting point. You know, it's a great starting point for everyone to start working. I, I, you know, how we used to run film sets before is going to be very, very difficult with two meters apart and all the rest of it. But it feels like there's a starting point. So, you know, all the processes that you've gone through so far where, you know, the seven weeks, what's now the next stage? Where, what is the next kind of three, four months potentially looking like? Well, the next stage for us, the immediate next stage is building the confidence of agencies and clients that we can manage the sets properly. And in doing so, we will you know, minimise the risk of uh, infection to a degree that's acceptable. Uh, as somebody pointed out on the freelance call you're on, you can't eliminate the risk, that's no. true. Even doctors with PPE have mm. contracted coronavirus, unfortunately. But you can, you can responsibly minimise the risk so that it's very unlikely somebody will get it. But we have to get that message out beyond our community so that advertisers and agencies also have that confidence. That will be the next step. I suppose uh, beyond that, for the post and editing companies, et cetera, it's about how do I gradually move myself back into my studio. Yeah. Uh, I've spoken to a few editors and I've spoken to a few, they're the, you know, they're working from home and it's, it's, yeah. it's been not, you know, they, there's a, been a bit of disruption, but there's not anything too major. Sure. Um, but it's the, it's those film crew. It's the shooting on the floor film crew. Um, that are the ones that are kind of <laughs> thinking what is, you know, is June going to happen? Um, which is a yeah. really tricky one for anyone to really answer. The government don't know. Um, well, the government, it is, it is all, it is all guesswork. But I think we can see that we're moving uh, in the right direction, if you like. Mm-hmm. I mean, the death figures have and and, and contracting disease figures are coming down mm-hmm. slowly. Um, we don't know what the government's target is in terms of numbers. There's the R number, isn't it? In terms of the number of people yeah. someone infects, that's also coming down. Yeah. But at some point, we're going to be, you know, allowed. Uh, uh, well, we're allowed to shoot now. At some point, we're allowed to go back to offices. Mm-hmm. And it's less critical in a way. because people So we're allowed, when they say you're allowed to shoot, as in we can have a group of people, less, still less than 10, and, and doing what we can to kind of keep us far away from each other? Or is it just that they've never specifically said filming industry needs to shut? They never said the film industry needs to shut, which means they're never going to say the film industry can reopen. Yeah. The only companies they, the only sectors they targeted for special provisions were shops and restaurants hmm. uh, and pubs. Yeah. Everybody else is able to work if they can't work at home. Um, and that's always been the case. Uh, you have to apply social distancing rules as far as possible on mm-hmm. a shoot or any other place. Um, so, but those, those rules are there and you can work with that. So if you look at the productions that have happened so far beyond um, the just the sort of tiny uh, cameras being sent to people's homes, yeah. there have been very small productions where with maybe only five crew involved where someone's been able to dress the location on one day, someone's gone the next day to, uh, to light it, then maybe there's only been two or three people shooting, keeping away from each other. Mm-hmm. I suppose what I see is there'll be a gradual expansion of that as confidence develops yeah. uh, and people will move towards a sort of uh, a more normal shooting crew uh, mm. once they once they've felt their way through those stages. And are we kind of having a, I'm looking, you know, Scandinavia have started to shoot again. And I think Germany this week may have started opening its kind of film crews and, and, and France. Is there like a sense of, well, let's have a little look if they're a couple of weeks ahead of us, let's just see what's happening with their spikes and all the rest of it. Or are we just thinking 
we'll do whatever is best for us. Uh, no, I mean, we, we're in a fortunate position in the UK, if, if any of it's fortunate, that, as everyone realises that we're a bit behind mm. the, the pattern in those countries. So yeah. we're sharing as much information as possible. I've, I've got a call this afternoon with all the other European associations, which we do every two weeks, oh, wow. update about their guidelines, mm-hmm. what's happening in their country. Uh, but, it, but it's also interesting as well that we, um, we're getting a lot of other countries and service companies around the world telling us it's safe to shoot in their country. Mm. Uh, but at the, um, at the moment, that's not helpful as information because nobody you can't fly anywhere or even get to the airport. No. And nobody wants to send anybody overseas away from their families at the present time. So I think a good thing for UK crews will be that as we come back to work, people will be staying in the UK for two or three months at least, I think, before they even venture abroad. So if we look at the fact that probably two-thirds of UK production as a whole from commercials takes place overseas. Um, is it that, that high? I think it is that high. Wow. Uh, I think we'll see, um, we'll, we might see lower demand than usual mm. in a yeah. few months. If all of it stays here, uh, I think for crew that will be good news and hopefully means that more of them are working more quickly than possibly feared. Amazing. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Have you got, is there, if, you know, any companies that are listening, is there anything that you want to say to them and any advice or any, any useful tips? Well, we talk to companies all the time. What I would say, if you're not an APA member, all our coronavirus updates uh, about everything, about the uh, coming back to shoot, are all on our website and open for everybody to see mm. because we're happy to help everybody during this crisis. Uh, it's been good to connect to the freelancers, but it's been very disappointing uh, that the lobbying that we and others have done of the government, which the Treasury Committee listened to in understanding and accepting that they weren't helping freelancers in their business because they're personal service companies, they don't own 50,000 or whatever, yeah. uh, has come to nothing. And mm. uh, I think that the freelancers are the people in the worst position in this business at the moment. And the sooner we can get working again and they can get earning again, you know, and do so safely, as I'm convinced we can, the better. Amazing. Well, uh, thank you for your time, sir. Um, I'm sure there's there's hundreds of questions that people wanted to, me to ask, but you know, it was, I just wanted a very quick chat just to get a sense of where we're at and how how the industry's feeling. Um, and hearing that things are starting to shoot in small numbers can only be a good thing if it's safe and everyone's happy. And um, I really do appreciate your time. Thank you. So, I appreciate you inviting me. Um, I only started to listen after you invited me. I love Johnny Frankel's uh, podcast. What so, <laughs> well, uh, a legend. Uh, well, so there, there's there's 30, I think, episodes 30-something are coming up, and every single one of them has been amazing. I've Thank learned. Um, Johnny Frankel is just a, a, a proper true film god, and Danny Kleiman as well. You know, the Rattling Stick family are brilliant. Um, and there's some, there's some more nice ones coming out. So thank you for listening. Appreciate Pleasure. it. We'll always catch up again. Thanks very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. care. So that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast.